Welcome to The People's Lawyer, a podcast from the National Association of Attorneys General, the nonpartisan organization representing America's attorneys general. Attorneys general have a unique role as defenders of the public interest and often work collectively on nonpartisan issues that have a wide impact on people's daily lives. In our second season, we've invited attorneys general from different political parties to discuss how they work together in a bipartisan way to serve their constituents and protect the rule of law. My name is Allison Gilmore, and I'm Chief Communications Officer at the National Association of Attorneys General. In today's episode, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron and Nevada Attorney General Aaron Ford talk about the role they play in consumer protection and how collaboration among attorneys general benefits consumers. Generals, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's really an honor to have you both with us. Um, if it's okay, I'd like to jump right in and talk a little bit about what drew you to the role of attorney general in your state. You're both serving in your first term. So I'd love to just hear a little bit more about that role and, and what you find most rewarding about it. Um, general Cameron, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, well, sure. Well, Allison, thanks for, for having um, myself and, and General Ford. It's certainly an, an honor to get to spend a little time with you. You know, I, I ran um, basically with the idea that I wanted to focus on a, a few core issues, and, and the first of, of importance was the drug epidemic uh, and just the challenges that that has presented uh, to the Commonwealth and uh, just the, the impact that it's had either directly or indirectly on uh, Kentuckians of all uh, races, shapes, and sizes, and what have you. So uh, that was a prime focus of me running for this office. And the other things that we wanted to focus on as well were human trafficking uh, and child abuse. Uh, Kentucky, sadly, has some of the highest incidences of child abuse and neglect in uh, the country. Matter of fact, we're number one based on what metric you look look at. So uh, those were some of the key issues that I I wanted to focus on when running. Uh, It has been rewarding uh, in a sense to to be able to, to focus on those issues, especially here in, in the second year. And I know General Ford has, has been working as well on uh, some of the uh, drug epidemic challenges that we have too. Uh, human trafficking, we got a grant from the Department of Justice to the tune of $100,000 that helps us increase awareness about the signs of human trafficking. Uh, and then the other area uh, that I mentioned was child abuse. And I was proud that last year, uh, at the end of the year, we were able to get a child abuse prosecution toolkit uh, out to our prosecutors and investigators to help those folks better prosecute and investigate cases. So uh, there have been some rewarding moments. Obviously, uh, it, it uh, presents challenges as well that you have to confront and be ready for those too. Uh, but I've certainly been uh, honored to have the opportunity to serve in this capacity. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, General Ford, I'd love to hear from you. What drew you to the role and and what have you found most rewarding in your first term? Well, again, Allison, thank you for having me. And it's great to see uh, my colleague, uh, Daniel Cameron, on the screen. We've texted a handful of times, not really been able to talk um, directly. So it's great to see you, Daniel. I hope I can call you Daniel. Call me Aaron, by the way. Um, yeah, you know, so there's a little overlap uh, relative to some reasons what I, why I've run. But um, I, I must admit that I didn't grow up as a kid saying, I want to be attorney general one day. <laughs> uh, that, that was not the aspiration that, that I had in mind. And in fact, it wasn't an aspiration of mine um, um, immediately before I decided to run for the office. I was actually in the Nevada State Senate. Uh, I was serving as a majority leader in the Nevada State Senate, uh, having a great time. It was uh, a very fulfilling time in my life. Um, it's a shame that I didn't know about what an attorney general did as a kid, though, because this has been the most fulfilling job I've ever had. And I've had some good jobs. I've been a teacher. Uh, I've been a law clerk to federal judges. 
Um, you know, I've been a lawyer for 20 plus years. I've been a state senator, but this job has been the most fulfilling that I've ever had uh, in my life. And, you know, I ran for it uh, under, the, uh, under the mantra, so to speak, of having an attorney general who would look out for Nevada families first. That would be the first question in my mind. How does this law, how does this policy, how does this uh, regulation, how does this action affect Nevada families? And I've always defined family broadly. Um, you could be a person um, who's a third generation Nevadan or a person who's been there for three weeks. You're part of the Nevada family. Uh, you could be married with two and a half kids or you can be a single mom with three kids. You're part of the Nevada family. You could be black or white, Nevada family. You could be gay or straight, Nevada family. And so the question to me was simple. Uh, the prism through which I would look at uh, issues was, um, as Attorney General, how is this affecting the Nevada family? Uh, and those areas um, kind of coalesced around what I consider to be the job in this office. Uh, and uh, on day two on the job, not day one, because uh, day one was honestly a, a lot of pomp and circumstance, hugging and <laughs> patting each other on the back. But day two on the job, we had an all hands on deck meeting where I introduced myself to my new colleagues uh, and I explained to them what I thought our job was in this office. Um, and if you were to ask anybody here, I would venture to bet that if there was more than one, it'd be in unison. They would tell you that our job is justice, period, point blank, justice for all. Uh, and so there are so many different ways that, that we can look at justice and we have an area of areas of focus that we will get into, I'm certain, um, as we continue the conversation. But that's why I ran. I wanted to ensure that the Nevada families looked out for um, and particularly in the areas of justice. Um, again, we'll talk about that a little later. So again, thanks for having me on, Allison. Wonderful. Thank you both for sharing that. I think it's great to hear the paths that people take to the role since it is such a unique one, only 56 of you across the country. So um, I'd like to dive in. I think this goes to what both of you talked about, protecting your, your citizens, consumer protection. Um, that is just such a huge role of attorneys general and one of the most important ways they serve their residents. So I'd love to talk about, um, if you could, maybe explain the role in a little more detail. What, what is an attorney general's authority when it comes to consumer protection? And what does it really mean to someone listening, um, to someone from your state? Um, general Ford, do you want to kick that one off? Sure. Well, it's interesting that you asked about consumer protection because, again, on day two on the job, I introduced what our job was, justice, and I talked about the lens to which we would uh, um, talk about justice, and I called them my three C's. Uh, there are, we now have five C's and because I, I added two more uh, on the anniversary of my inauguration, but on, on the day after my inauguration, I introduced three C's that were important to me that I would have an area of focus on, uh, the first of which was consumer protection, um, letting them know, and this was actually the only guy I called out um, directly by name was the head of my consumer protection division, Ernest Figueroa, letting them know he was going to be very busy under my administration. So consumer protection was the first C. Uh, the second C that I, that I talked about was constitutional rights, the protection of all of them. Uh, we hear a lot about the Second Amendment, but there are 28, in my mind, amendments, one of which being the Equal Rights Amendment that I'm suing uh, still to have recognized. But all of them are important. I have my favorite. The favorite, my favorite is the 13th. I'll let you look that up and figure it out your own. But protecting constitutional rights from one through 28, in my estimation. And then the final C was um, um, the, the, the criminal justice and reform. So those are the first three C's that I introduced. I add, added two more a year later, um, constituent services or client services uh, and uh, community engagement. We were already doing that, but I want to, to, to mention those. But back to your first C, the first C, consumer protection. Uh, you know, looking out for Nevada families um, is the core job for consumer protection, ensuring that we don't have unscrupulous businesses out there or, or unscrupulous individuals taking advantage 
of the Nevada family. Uh, and so we would focus heavily on um, uh, looking for things that fell within our deceptive trade practices statutes, for example, things that fell within our antitrust statutes, um, looking for the best opportunity to ensure that those who are operating and, uh, um, in our state are treating our residents, every single one of them, uh, with the utmost uh, dignity uh, and respect and following our laws. So consumer protection is, is one of the biggest areas that we focus on. And fortunately, uh, General Cameron and I and several of our other colleagues are able to coordinate oftentimes on what we call multi-state litigation uh, in the area of consumer protection. Uh, you know, um, I'll be quiet to this statement. You hear a lot about the differences between us. Um, there's a lot of that. When I was in the state Senate, you heard about the 5% of cases that were not unanimous. You didn't hear about the 95% of the bills that we passed that were entirely unanimous. Um, and so, you know, we have some disagreements among attorneys general to be sure, and we know what those are, um, but what people don't simply um, uh, realize is that there's a lot of times, uh, a lot of times that we are aligned uh, completely working for the citizenry and the residents of our respective states for the improvement of consumer protection across the country. General Cameron, yeah. Yeah, of course, Allison. I, I think I'll, I'll start with that last point uh, General Ford made, which was that um, we do uh, agree more times than not. I mean, obviously, some of the more high profile issues uh, that, that seem to, to separate us on some policy matters seem to get most of the traction or most of the interest. But by and large, our offices work seamlessly together uh, on some of the big ticket items that affect citizens all across this country. Uh, and so he was uh, talking about the three C's that have now translated into the five C's. Here in Kentucky, uh, we've got what's called the covenant with the Commonwealth. And it's uh, essentially boiled down to three points, which is uh, one being uh, to stand up for core values here in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. Uh, to be a good neighbor uh, is one of the other uh, ones. And finally, uh, the one that I think is most uh, appropriate for this conversation is to be a watchman at the gate. And what does the watchman at the gate mean? Well, it means looking out for Kentuckians, looking out for citizens and making sure that bad actors within our marketplace don't take advantage of Kentuckians, whether it be uh, men, women or children, making sure that those folks are safe in the marketplace and making sure that we're doing our best uh, as the watchman at the gate It is really a core principle and a core value of the AG's office uh, in terms of our consumer protection unit. Uh, Chris Lewis runs our consumer protection unit, has been doing a fantastic job, especially in the light of what has really become a, a challenging time. I, I think uh, General Ford would agree with this in saying that no one could have envisioned that um, COVID-19 would be coming down the pike when we took office. I, I uh, ended up, my, my predecessor now, Governor Bashir, was in this office. Uh, and so he's actually in a quirk of state law. He gets sworn in about a month before all the other state uh, wide officers are sworn in. Uh, so when he was sworn in, it, it created a, a vacancy, if you will, in the AG's office. So he uh, allowed for me to come in early to this office and, and finish up the end of his term and then start my term. And from the very beginning, it has been, again, a core principle to focus on consumer protection. Uh, again, we didn't know that COVID-19 would occur, uh, but as soon as it did, it increased our uh, responsibility to make sure that we were being the watchman at the gate, that we were looking out for our citizens so that they weren't being uh, scammed or that they weren't being price gouged. As soon as the emergency declaration was made here in Kentucky as it relates uh, to COVID-19, it triggered our responsibility to watch out uh, with intense scrutiny for price gouging. So what have we done on that front? Well, 
We have attempted uh, to make it easier for people to report scams and reports price gouging by creating online forms that make our office more accessible to folks that are using their computers more frequently now, especially in the midst of COVID-19. What else have we done? Well, we've tried to bring in uh, uh, strong people to work in our consumer protection unit. Uh, and in turn, we've been able to bring in uh, uh, quite a few dollars uh, to redress some of the harm that's been done in terms of scams and price gouging. I'm reminded that, you know, I'm sitting here with General Ford, but uh, my colleague, our colleague over in Tennessee, Herb Slatery, he and I teamed up uh, to stop really what would have become a huge uh, price gouging uh, scheme. Uh, these two brothers from Tennessee came into Kentucky, brought, bought a bunch of personal protective or PPE, personal protective equipment. And then with the idea that they would buy, sell it uh, at a, a, a higher rate, uh, you know, in some instances, we've seen up to 2000% spikes uh, in some of the uh, selling of uh, different personal protective equipment and, and other things. Uh, but we were able to talk to those two individuals. They relinquished or released uh, those goods. And then we were able to disseminate that back into our committee communities for first responders. Uh, so there's been a lot of good work that's happened out of this office. And I know General Ford, the same is happening there as well. Yeah, I'm glad that I was muted when you were giving that story because I said a bad word when you were describing what was going on there. My goodness, that's 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 a lot there. That's a lot. Yeah. No, he's right, though. I mean, look, I talk about my my five C's now, but there was a six C that thrust itself upon us, COVID. Right. And we had to figure out how to uh, accomplish all of our goals here in this office um, to still be um, uh, the, the attorney general for the people of this state within um, the constraints that COVID presented to us. And, and you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that I can brag on my office here because uh, they figured it out uh, from whether it was teleworking or, um, um, you know, coming in and out every once in a while. They figured it out. And so I'm proud about that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I mean, COVID obviously brought brand new things to all of your offices and it sounds like your staff's really just stepped up so it's it's great for consumers to hear how you how you're serving them and protecting them um i think you both mentioned briefly sort of working together in collaboration can you talk a little bit about sort of how that works with your office and and what you think your constituents are getting out of that multi-state collaboration on any topic really yeah, listen, I think there are power in numbers. You know, that's one of the oldest cliches in the world, right? Um, and, and we've seen, as I've said, time and time again, where uh, offices have been able to coordinate together, generally speaking, oftentimes through our bureaus of consumer protection, um, to figure out the best ways to uh, work out deals with different entities across the states, you know, um, uh, sometimes even international. Now, you know, I can give you some examples. I, I, you know, I'm loath to call out particular entities, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, there, there, there are several. Um, and, and I don't know how I can answer without calling out names. I'll just say that there are multi-million dollar settlements that take place over the course of um, uh, the, 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 the tenure of attorneys general. A lot of times those funds are allocated among the states based on a proportionate share of damage a breach of data security, for example. You can find entities and agencies out there where that has occurred, uh, whether it is a manufacturer's uh, defect in a particular good, Acme Corporation, for example. Um, we will look for ways to see, you know, how Kentucky was hurt, vis-a-vis -vis how Nevada was hurt, and then divvy up the money accordingly. Uh, there are times where we can't come to an agreement among the states on how monies should be divvied up, and sometimes we go it alone, um, and that has happened on a time or two. 
Uh, but generally speaking, as I've indicated, for multi-state opportunities, we, we look for ways to uh, find common ground. Um, you know, the damages oftentimes, you know, the, the, the money issues oftentimes are able to be uh, determined as between the states. And we, and we work together as, as one body, um, which I think, again, brings strength to our particular positions. Yeah, look, the, the general is absolutely right. I, I mean, I, you know, I, I mentioned briefly um, the, the fact that, um, you know, we've worked with General Slatery's office. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that um, one of the, the big reasons that collaborations, collaboration amongst our respective states and our respective attorneys generals is so important because it, as, as General Ford noted, is a force multiplier in terms of these robust conversations that we're having uh, with large companies or large entities uh, regarding perhaps some issue that is uh, germane to all of our, our states here and territories. Uh, and so it becomes a huge, a huge leverage tool to have the more AGs, the more attorneys general that you have uh, functioning as part of a conversation about a particular harm that's been done in a particular state. I'm also reminded of the fact that, um, you know, we talked a little bit about price gouging. We talked about COVID-19. One of the things that we were trying to do here in Kentucky is to make sure that third party sellers on these online platforms were being uh, held accountable, being held to the same standard of a uh, in, uh, in residence or, or a store that's in the boundaries of Kentucky. We want to make sure that whatever price gouging restrictions that were being placed on those brick and mortar shops here in Kentucky were also being uh, applied to third party online sellers, again, on some of these online platforms. We initially uh, uh, were, suit was filed against us by a third party seller organization, Online Merchants Guild, I, I think that's okay to say. Uh, who filed suit against us in federal court saying that we essentially, essentially uh, had extended beyond our jurisdiction in trying to hold these third-party sellers accountable. We lost that case at the district court level, took it to the Sixth Circuit. And I am proud to say uh, that uh, General Ford, amongst other attorneys general across this country, wrote what's called an amicus brief, a friend of a court brief, to help us in that Sixth Circuit case. Uh, the Sixth Circuit panel uh, overruled the decision by the district court. Now, because of the good work amongst our attorneys general across the country, we are in a position uh, to uh, to apply the same standard we would to a brick and mortar shop here in Kentucky to these online third party sellers. So that is a, a tangible uh, a point uh, of reference as to what it means uh, to work together and collaborate. I'm reminded also, and the general knows this, we've been working diligently uh, uh, and in having uh, very intense conversations with opioid manufacturers and distributors, won't call names specifically, but opioid manufacturing distributors who have now come to the table, again, because they recognize uh, that attorneys general across this country are serious about putting an end uh, to this affliction that has harmed so many people across this country. Uh, and so again, it is so critically important as a force multiplier uh, that we joined hands together on these big issues. Obviously, uh, there's some some stuff brewing in the tech space as well that I think we might talk about too. Uh, but it it excites me when we are given an opportunity to work together on some of these really big challenges. Yeah, and the last point I'll make, Aaron Ford here. I know the podcast they can pop can tell our voices apart. 
maybe they can. I have a small accent, so does Daniel, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I think, I think okay. um, So, you know, it's not just litigation, though, where we, where we coordinate and cooperate. Uh, we send letters to Congress all the time, um, you know, comment letters on different rules and regulations that are being promulgated uh, or, uh, uh, you know, that's I guess that's an administrative agency or to Congress on legislation that they're considering. Uh, sometimes we send letters to to entities before, we, you know, there's any litigation that's, that's uh, percolating. 44 of us got together and sent, and sent a letter uh, looking out for our children uh, on some online platforms. And so, uh, these, again, these are examples in ways in, of ways in which attorneys general across the nation and across uh, um, uh, our entire country um, can work together oftentimes to, to benefit all residents of, of the entirety of our, of our country. Yeah, and I think maybe jumping off of that, we've talked about consumer protection writ large. And one area where I know attorneys general have been working together and, and working with industry, as you say, not just, you know, in, in um, you know, court is around robocalls, um, something that affects people in every, you know, every state and territory. And you were both part of some policy letters that the um, that NAG sent recently uh, talking to the telecom industry and asking them to help uh, improve law enforcement law enforcement's ability to combat robocalls. So can you tell us a little bit about that effort? Um, you know, what does it mean and what impact do you think that the attorneys general's efforts have, have had so far? General Cameron, do you want to start? Yeah, of course. Well, Allison, let, let me uh, just take a step back. And I, I have, I think one of the, the biggest issues in the run up to me having the opportunity to serve in this office that I heard about outside of human trafficking, child abuse, and the drug epidemic um, was the annoyance that that folks have with these uh, just the voluminous number of robocalls that folks receive. And so the FCC, I think, recently reported that uh, the number one complaint that they receive from consumers is robocalls. And so it really is incumbent upon attorneys general across the country to try to get a handle on this and I think we've seen, and I think uh, General Ford would agree with this, there's, there's been an uptick in the number of phone-related scams that we've seen during the midst of COVID-19, those being attributed to by, significantly by um, these, um, these uh, robocalls that, that occur. So uh, I was pleased over the course of uh, the last few, uh, I guess, months, if you will, uh, to work alongside General Ford and other AGs uh, to sign on to letters uh, to the United States Telecom, which is the uh, large association, if you will, for our telecom carriers here in the country and, and other providers of phone services, uh, to really encourage them to do everything they possibly can to provide us with information necessary to provide uh, to our citizens within our respective states. You know, we talked a lot uh, about what do our consumer protection units do. One of the big things that we do is, is keep people aware of upcoming trends and issues uh, related to um, some of these unscrupulous actors that are trying to take advantage of COVID-19 or, uh, or take advantage of vulnerable populations that we have within our, the boundaries of our states. And so uh, signing on to these letters, working with the Robocall Technologies Working Group, uh, to really hone in and focus on uh, what, what's referred to as uh, trace back um, protocols or, or procedures that uh, uh, get our phone carriers involved in finding where the uh, point of origin is for 
some of these carriers or some of these bad actors who are using phone companies or circumventing uh, phone company uh, regulations or FCC or FTC regulations to make uh, unsolicited phone calls to people to try to scam them. And so uh, it's been a source of, of great uh, satisfaction that we as attorneys general have been able to work together uh, on this issue to provide relief to people who, you know, I, I now, and I'm sure the general can, can attest to this as well, when a telemarketer or someone who perhaps I don't know, or if it's a spam risk is calling me, that pops up on my phone now. And I think a lot of that is due not only to us as attorneys general, but us, you know, other civically minded, other elected leaders paying uh, uh, keen interest on this particular issue. Uh, and so I, I think we're moving in the right direction. I think increasing the amount of attention to trace back efforts um, is, is really important. It's why, you know, we're part of this working group. It's why we've also signed on to a, a couple of letters uh, to make sure uh, that there is a consortium. I know the United, United States Telecom uh, organization has put together an entity that can, can really focus on these trace back efforts. Uh, but I'm, I'm proud of um, working alongside attorneys general from across the country to, to, to focus on this area. Yeah, you know, Daniel said it all. I don't have to offer any more substance on that. I'll just offer a couple of examples. I mean, look, these things are annoying, uh, vexing, um, and they, they appear to be uh, perpetual. <laughs> the truth is, as, as, um, as good as we may feel as attorneys general, you know, working together to try to stop them, it's also frustrating that they don't stop. And in fact, they hit us all. I get them all the time, too. Daniel talked about getting a, a spam risk call. Literally just, you know, right before this meeting, I got a spam risk call. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I happen to know that this wasn't a spam, you know, because I was expecting a phone call, so I answered it. But uh, that, I think, is part of the efforts, you know. Um, but it happens to us as well. And, and I'll, I'll never forget, one of the, I had just been inaugurated, and one of the first things I put out was uh, a recording of um, the Social Security scam. Um, social security number scam that I had gotten. And here's a funny story. You're not going to believe it. I mean, maybe you will, because it sounds exactly like what would happen in a scam situation. So the social security um, uh, company called me, told me that my number had been, uh, my social security number had been compromised and that I was going to get in trouble unless I called them back. And I knew it was a scam, but I called them back anyway. I called them back and I'm said, uh, hi, this is Aaron Ford returning your phone call. And, and the person on the other line started asking me questions like, you know, well, what's your address and uh, what's this, that, and the other. I says, no, no, you called me. Clearly you have information about me. So why don't you tell me what it is you want to talk to me about? They hung up on me. So I called back and I got a different person. And I said, I'm Aaron Ford. And, you know, you called me. I'd like to talk to you about what it, the issue is. And they asked me a couple other questions. I didn't give it to them. And so they, you know, ventured a little further down the road with me until finally they hung up on me. So I called back a third time. And this time, uh, incredibly, the guy who answered the phone, maybe they recognize that I had callbacks every time, said to me, uh, yes, this is Leo DiCaprio. Um, my supervisor is Robert Downey Jr. And I says, oh yeah? Well, I'm Aaron Ford, the Attorney General for Nevada. He said, yeah, right. And he hung up on me. Like I'm the one making up some nonsense, right? It was it was the funniest, uh, like, you know, trifecta of, of stuff going on, right? So, you know, I, I put that information out there, talked about it. All we, you know, we try to educate our constituency. You know, um, you know, Daniel talked about some of our more vulnerable populations being hit. My mother-in-law was the prime example. My wife and I were in town for my father's funeral, unfortunately. Uh, and as we were leaving the funeral, I get a phone call from my mother-in-law saying that she had just gotten a call from my oldest son, who 
had been in a wreck, uh, was bleeding. Um, the cops were there and they were going to take him to jail unless she sent him some money on Cash App or something like that. Um, fortunately, uh, she was savvy enough to hang up the phone and call my son who answered the phone and says, no, I'm just fine. But um, these are the types of things that are happening and they happen to us just like they happen to you, happen to our family members. Uh, and you know, we as attorneys general try to work together and do whatever we can with the industry to kind of put a, a stop to all of this. While you were answering that question, the potential spam came up on my cell phone. I think you showed your cell phone too for the listeners. So it, real life coming coming around as we talk about this really important issue. Um, I want to respect both of your, your times. I, hopefully we can talk of one more topic. And you sort of t uh, touched on this a little bit earlier, the work that attorneys general do related to technology issues and technology companies. So specifically, I was hoping to get a little bit of background on the recent multi-state lawsuit that several um, states have, have joined against Facebook. Um, can you tell me what the case is about and what it means to the constituents in your states? General Cameron, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, well, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's worth noting that I think this area of the challenges with tech as tech becomes a larger and larger part of our everyday life. Uh, we're going to see more instances of challenges to uh, the growth of this area, um, the regulation of this area, um, and the attention and focus placed on, you know, how do we move forward with allowing these companies to, to, um, to thrive, if you will, but also making sure that they're not taking advantage of um, monopolistic behavior. And so uh, myself, A.G. Ford, uh, 48 attorneys general uh, collectively came together to file an anti-competitive lawsuit uh, against Facebook uh, for violating antitrust laws uh, by what we've alleged is illegally acquiring, acquiring competitors and cutting services to smaller competing companies over the last decade. Um, again, we respect business. I think I, I say that for, for all attorneys general across the country. We respect business, but we also don't want them taking advantage of a position or getting to a position where they essentially uh, limit the options that are available to consumers. For instance, one of the challenges uh, of, of Facebook is that if you have information, say as, as a user of Facebook, if you have information on there, your personal data essentially in, in the form of your profile and are trying to transfer that to another online a portal, if you will, another social media app of some sorts, it is incredibly difficult to do that. It's almost if you, as if you cannot do that. Uh, that just speaks to uh, the infrastructure in place at Facebook and, and candidly at other social media uh, companies as well that make it hard for folks to access their information and be able to provide it on other areas. So we're, again, along with myself and General Ford and other attorneys general uh, looking at ways uh, through the litigation process uh, to tamp down this sort of activity. And we'll ultimately see how it all plays out. I mean, the, you know, these, these, um, the, the process of litigation itself, as, as your listeners will know, uh, can be very protracted. Uh, but we're on the right side of this issue in terms of holding them accountable for some of the anti-competitive activity that has occurred over these last few years. Again, we don't do anything um, that is, is in disrespect to business, but we also want business to play by the rules and make sure that there's an opportunity 
uh, for everyone to move forward and utilize a system that uh, can allow for others to play in this sandbox as well. General Ford, anything to add? Yeah. <laughs> You know, General Cameron has, has, you know, substantively hit all, all the key points there. You know, I think it's important to note that this is a suit that's parallel to one that the FTC has bought against Facebook. Uh, and, you know, you know, the collaborations that sometimes take place between the states and the federal partners to share massive resources and engage large teams of experts, I think, is, is something that's, um, um, you know, a great benefit to what it is we're trying to achieve here. And in addition, the collaboration allows the states and federal partners to share expertise, information, and attorneys to accomplish far more work in a shorter amount of time. Uh, you know, and, and you know, some would ask, then why not just let the FTC handle it? But as I've indicated, the, the coordination there, uh, I think, is helpful. But um, the, the federal government aside, states, um, I think, again, General Cameron would agree with this, we're independent sovereigns. Uh, and we have an independent interest in protecting our residents and our businesses. And uh, we're far more familiar with the concerns and facts that surround issues in our respective states or, or territories or, or in DC, for example. Um, and, and, you know, essentially, um, we want to ensure that our interests are, are taken into consideration as we, as we prosecute these. So uh, that's an example. Again, you know, um, you know we, we've avoided saying names out loud about different entities, but this is, this is one that I think is in the headlines all over the place, and I think it's, it's fair to, to discuss it. Great. Well, thank you so much to both of you for your time. Any final words you want to share with our listeners or with each other? Um, I really appreciate you. I mean, I think we've gotten a little bit of a legal education here today, so thanks for that. Well, I'll just say, Allison, I, again, appreciate um, what you and NAG have done in terms of um, brokering these conversations. I mean, Aaron's right. I, we've exchanged some text messages, and uh, he's uh, was has been a big encouragement to me through, um, you know, some of the remarks that he's made in, in public spaces over the, the last year, and certainly appreciate him doing that. I, again, appreciate you all brokering these sorts of conversations between our respective offices, and, and it's good. Uh, for listeners to know that on 95% of the issues that are out here, we are working together uh, to benefit our respective citizens, uh, but also the country more broadly. Um, there's a lot of good work that's being done, and I appreciate you highlighting it. And General, I thank you for just the opportunity to visit with you and uh, hope we'll get, get an opportunity here uh, in the future to do so in person. Yeah, yeah, Aaron Ford here. Yeah, you're right. They knew it'd be great to try to finally meet in person. Um, I think we we had intents on doing so last year, uh, but that six C crept up on us and and it kept us in our own states. But uh, maybe we'll we'll get a um, chance to, to to break bread and talk, you know, in in the future face to face. I appreciate the opportunity to do this, Allison. I think it's a, a great opportunity not only for us to talk about substantive stuff. You talked about the fact that people may have gotten a, a legal education of sorts here. But I think hopefully people can hear even through this podcast, the humanity that we both have, right? Here, here, here's something that I'm gonna end it on this, just as, you know, I'll just say it this way. Um, as politicians, we get called anything but a child of God. <laughs> you know, any name, you, 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 you name it, we've been called it, right? Uh, but one of the purposes of, of the C that I have uh, engaged in, community engagement, is to let folks know we're human. Uh, we're your neighbors. Um, you know, we shop at the same grocery store you do. We, we're soccer moms and dads like you are, uh, and we want to be as engaged and responsive as possible. So um, these kind of conversations, I think, help hopefully to humanize us as well uh, and to um, uh, endear us to the folks who've put us in these positions of power uh, to, to speak on their behalf and to help as frequently as possible. So 
Thank you for giving us this chance. And I look forward to the next opportunity. Thanks so much. Thank you both for your time. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The People's Lawyer. We look forward to bringing you additional insights about the nonpartisan work of America's 56 state and territory attorneys general in future episodes. In the meantime, you can learn more at naag.org or email podcast at nag.org.